Twilight payment. What a ride. What a win in a cup we'll never forget. Has won it from Tiger Mom. The lead narrowly. Here's Prince of Penzance coming on down the outside. Prince of Penzance for Michelle Payne. G'day Unit Army and welcome to Two Units, One Cup, the podcast that stops a nation. We're going to take an in-depth look at this year's Melbourne Cup, going through a runner-by-runner preview. The man to help me do that, Dave Strelaw, the Sultan. Welcome along, brother. Yeah, great to be here, mate. It's our favourite race, the Melbourne Cup, isn't it? We love a big handicap. We love HQ, 24 runners, burning down the straight for the first time. It's it's a lovely sight in racing. And this year, there's a, a really good international flavor too. It's a it's a race. We've got a strong favorite in Vauban, but in behind him, it's anyone's race and a fascinating one that I'm keen to dissect. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped to get into it, mate, and, and hear all about your $100 betting plays that we'll have as well at the end of the show and your top 10 selections too for people to add to into their exotics. Uh, before we get all through that, though, we, we have to take a look at the track first and foremost rails in the two meters after Derby day. And it's going to be pretty warm over the next few days, mate. Yeah, it is. And we'll be on a good four, good three. It's very hard to keep a track in a good four rating if it's 30 on the day. The forecast has changed a little bit, but it's only like zero to two mils. So if that hits, I doubt it has any impact whatsoever rather than just topping it up. But I'm expecting we're on a good three by the time the cup jumps. The thing is on Tuesday, as opposed to Derby day, People were talking about the track being leaderish in terms of the surface. It was the wind from mm. the circle races. It was from the south and it was really giving those on speed a push. So there's really light winds on Cup Day, but they're from the northwest as opposed to the southeast, which was Derby Day, which is obviously the direct opposite um, wind direction. So perhaps in the Cup, horses that are, are getting back off. We'll have a look in a little bit off a strong tempo and running on down the outside from off midfield might be favoured. Excellent. Well, that's a perfect segue into the speed map, mate. Let's take a look at it. The tempo, as you'd expect for a 3,200-metre Melbourne Cup, one of the great handicaps, you'd expect the speed to be pretty solid. Yeah, it is solid as well. And this looks like it's going to be a genuinely run Melbourne Cup. We've got speed from inside out. Now, having having a look at the speed map, it's it's pointless and, and a fruitless um, thing to be doing to try and lob them where they're actually going to sit in the run because you can't even fit them on the paper. There's that many of them. But what the speed map does in the Melbourne Cup is just sort of outline what the tempo is. Serpentine goes forward. Magical Lagoon led them up in the Geelong Cup, whether they want to go that far forward again mm. after a bit of a flat run. But they'll be forward. Lastochka, a mare that has a lot of speed. And we've heard Mick Price say, well, she got, you've got a lightweight. There's not much to it. Just send her forward. Breakup's got some speed. Future history goes forward. I think True Marvel, when he ran that huge race in the Sydney Cup at Massive Odds, it was sitting right up on speed. He went mm. back in the Mooney Valley Gold Cup. They'll go forward. Carla Paul led and won the Archer on the weekend, a slow tempo race, military mission. Vauban, the favourite. Whether he's one pair back, two pairs back, he probably lobs on the fence, given he'll clear gold trip and Serpentine will go forward. Was he a winner at the barrier draws, Vauban? Oh, yeah, without three? doubt. Yeah. yeah, because he just lobs exactly where Ryan Moore wants mm-hmm. him to be. Mm-hmm. Um, probably three back the fence and then angling for runs um, at the 600 and gold trip will probably get back. Solcom, 
They say he was the winner from the barrier draw number four. They've mm. taken the blinkers off, but look, it, you can't do a map with him not missing the start. So he'll be back in the ruck somewhere and the rest of them to sort themselves out without a fight who's hard in the market will be off midfield for Mark Zara. But I do expect strong tempo and that's good because we saw in the Caulfield Cup, strong tempo, what happens? The best horses come to the fore mm-hmm. and hopefully that's the case on Tuesday. And we've been spoiled with that over these Group 1 races, this carnival, 100%. We would just want genuinely run mm. races, don't we? Hey, let's take a quick look at the market before we get into our runner by runner preview. Vauban, as you'd expect, is the the warm favourite at 3 bucks 40 Last year's champ, Gold Trip, at 5 bucks Without a fight on the third line of betting at $6.50 for Anthony and Sam Friedman. Solcom, interesting runner. Uh, $10 out to the Japanese runner breakup, $18 absurd. The second of the, uh, Mullins runners at 21 Lastochka $26 future history, $26 vow and declare the 2019 champ is at $27. And then you're out to Cleveland, more felons at $34 and the rest will, um, you can see the graphic on the screen now. Um, Let's get into the runner by runner, mate. And a pretty good place to start is horse number one, Gold Trip, last year's champ, carrying 57 and a half kilos last year, gets in, has to carry 58 and a half this year. He's contested all three spring majors for the second consecutive year, was third in the Caulfield Cup with excuses, another excellent run with no luck in the Cox Plate. Looks to thrive on racing this guy just looks to love it have the constitution for it um interesting enough though weight does stop trains doesn't it and Maccabi diva is the only one to lug 58 since think big in 1975 so history suggests it's pretty hard to do yeah it's a big weight and last year people were sort of against him because he had 57 and a half he did have the track conditions to suit last mm. year i think he still goes on a good three like look at his look at him hit the line in the Cox Plate on, on what was a firm track as well. So he handles it, but I think he really excels with some mm. give in the ground. But he's fly, he's going better than last year. So he's got the same lead in Turnbull, Caulfield Cup, Cox Plate. The three ratings he's run this year in those three races exceed what he did last year. So he's actually bringing in better form mm. as well. And it was a similar Cox Plate run, not quite as luckless as last year. Mm. He sort of held up on the bend slightly, but once he got out, I know there were some unlucky runners do us and a few in behind fangirl that, that ran up backsides, but his was still the fastest last four and 200 meters of that Cox plate. So they know exactly what they're doing. Mark Zara chooses to jump off him. So who hops on James McDonald? It's, it's, it's like for like, they're both just world-class jockeys and from barrier two, he'll probably have him midfield on the fence and, and looking for luck, but he's in good hands. He only runs well. The thing that, Good three track if it gets to, if it gets to the good yeah, three. Yeah, I think a good three in a combination with the fifty eight and a half. Like yeah. I know they're timing him for the second for the Melbourne Cup, but if you look at the Caulfield Cup, a fast run Caulfield Cup, it felt like he travelled, 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 mm. and then just the weight gave out a little bit mm. late and without a fight, and, and West Wind blows sort of ran away from him. Yeah, through the line, but we know he ticks the thirty two hundred meter box. I got no knock on him. Excellent. Well, let's head to runner number two now, which is Alan Kerr, Mike Maroney, Damien Oliver in his final Melbourne Cup. Can he produce a record equaling four wins on this six-year-old gelding here? Um, could add it to his CV with the likes of Doremus in 95, Media Puzzle in 02, Fiorente in 2013. Be a fair way to go out. Yeah, it would. Unfortunately for Ollie, he's got to have 56 and a half on his back. Alan mm. Kerr, he's weighted off his really good Europe form. So he hasn't won since he won the Group 1 Tats Cup over 2,100 metres 
in Ireland. That was in May of 2022. Now that day he beat State of Rest, who we know is he's won a, a group one in every continent, even Antarctica. He went down and had yeah, a run I down think there. I think he beat a polar Put bear. Put the earmuffs on. Yeah. <laughs> he beat a polar bear yeah. in, a, in a match race. Yeah. So that guy's a freak. He's yeah. won a Cox Plate. And, and he also beat another horse by the name of Lord North, who's really highly rated in Europe. But he just hasn't recaptured that form. He's untested at 2,500 metres plus. That was last night in the Mooney Valley Gold Cup where he was poor. He should, on current form, have 50 kilos. He's got 56 and a half. Um, no. Um, pretty, pretty nice summary. I reckon that's yeah, yeah. But good luck to Ollie. Yeah. We, we, we love a great story. And he story. was on fire on, um, Derby day as well. It's great to see. I mean, it's not, you haven't really gone out on a limb. He's 67 to one. So it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a fair day. It's a gutsy call. It's a good, yeah. Mark, I'm going to lay him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put up a million dollars liability <laughs> on the exchange. Um, let's head to horse number three now without a fight for Anthony and Sam Freeman. Mark Zara rides 56 and a half kilos. Uh, he was 13th in the race last year. Of course, then he was trained by Simon Crisford. Um, since then, has switched the Freedmans, has gone on a complete tear here. That Queensland campaign, outstanding. Obviously, the last start winner, the Caulfield Cup. Um, cops a one and a half kilo penalty off that win in the Caulfield Cup. Um, 11 horses in history have achieved the double, uh, Caulfield Melbourne Cup double. Ethereal in 2001 was the last to do it. She did carry fifty to fifty-two, given the penalty, though. So this is this is different gravy. This is tough, but we got. I give him a big chance, though. Yeah, absolutely. He, mm. He's in this up to his eyeballs, as you mentioned. He's got to make that Caulfield Cup field one kilo worse off. But Mark Zara gave him one of the all-time rides. Yeah. He gave Gold Trip one of the all-time rides last year, so he's in good hands. You mentioned his finishing position in last year's Cup. He was twelve dollars in last year's Cup, but he was one of a couple of horses, Dover Legend, as well that were coming over that wanted it dry. Mm. And then that rain came and they just didn't get the conditions. Now you look at whether or not he's going to stay. He won the Group 3 Silver Cup Stakes in 2022 at, 2022 at York. Yep, That was over 2,800 metres on mm. a firm track. He beat a horse by the name of John Leeper, who was, who was then fourth in an e-ball. So his overseas form is good, but it's his Australian form that we can really judge him on now. And that's the beauty of it, that he's been here. He's had a few preparations. We saw what he did in the Queensland winter. Oh. Mate, his it turn was, of foot. It was a mockery. His turn of foot was was better than the than the the famous show turn of foot that lasted six weeks. His turn of foot lasted <laughs> six hundred meters. It was an absolute <laughs> classic. And uh, his Caulfield Cup run. So I was sort of thinking, you know, Gold Trip. He's got more miles in the legs. He's got a, a a better build up in in terms of how many meters he's run in the lead up to the Melbourne Cup. But mm. the thing in without a fight's favour is the fact that in a fast run. Caulfield Cup, he'd only had a first up run 1,800 metres in the Underwood, mm. a slow run race where he ripped home. And then he's gone four or five weeks into a fast Caulfield Cup, lapped it up and won mm. running away. So it was a, a brilliant training effort. But it also said like this horse, the opposite to Gold Trip, whereas he, you said he loves the work. He loves staying mm. He, he loves racing and he thrives of it. Well, this guy doesn't care. He can have gaps, <laughs> gaps between runs. And in that more traditional European style where you don't need to um, race them all the time, they can win first up, they can win early in preps. That's this guy, fastest laced, last eight, six, four, 200 metres of the Caulfield Cup. And look, you know, he's run past West Wind Blows, who's beaten Dubai Honour. And mm. we know that form stands up in Australia. He's... 
he's in this up to his eyeballs. Yeah, I know he cops the penalty, but everything about that run suggests that he's just going to take enormous improvement out of that out of that Caulfield Cup, and it's scary. Yeah, and I spoke about the speed map too, mm. how there's going to be strong pressure. He just blends in off midfield, and mm. yeah, I think at the 600 we're going to see Zara sort of counting to 10, holding on, just, just waiting to let him rip. Yeah, I love it. He's going to be an interesting runner that might just feature in some plays mm. later on. Yeah. Let's head to horse number four now, and it's Breakup. What was your worst breakup? Because Terry McAuliffe's with Sarah Kedridge, I think, because he hasn't stopped talking about it. <laughs> well, this is where my love life's at. My worst breakup, we actually never were together. <laughs> it was brutal. That's no so, good. So, yeah, it, it, it hurt, mate, but... Yeah, maybe one day I'll have a breakup when she actually knows we're dating. But yeah, not as bad as Terry's. I'm, I'm hopefully not going to be speaking about Sarah Kettridge in, in 30 years. Oh, I know, it's, it's, it's receipts, keeping receipts. <laughs> hey, this is a um, this is a really interesting runner breakup, the Japanese runner. Uh, Kohei Matsuyama, the the hoop comes down to... I was terrified of saying that, so nah, well done. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's... Um, that's a Hideki Matsuyama sort of golf <laughs> sort of stuff. Ooh, That's how I yeah, sort yeah. of uh, align that. But um, comes here to ride the Japanese horse. I was, I was in surprise. I thought Damien Lane had a strong association with the land of the rising sun. Mm. So um, look, the run at the Caulfield Cup for this guy had plenty of merit, didn't it? So he was actually trucking into the race. D Lane was like a statue at the 600, and I was thinking, watching live, this is gonna this is gonna run a big mm. race, but folded up pretty quickly. Um, that was first up in Australia off 17 weeks. So we'll love the good deck. I'd imagine being a Jap Japanese horse. I'm giving him some hope, but uh, statistics wise, Salts, no horses won from barrier 18 in the 84 years that that barrier has been in use. So it's, if you're, if you're a history buff, pretty hard to take. Well, let's just go to the next runner then. <laughs> <laughs> nah, look, it, his Caulfield Cup run, it, it did have some merit. You, you, you said he sort of folded up quickly, and he did. But first up 17 weeks, yep. he's gone nine and a half lengths inside benchmark yep. to the 600. It was a brutal run race. So we, we use that term a lot, but that was brutally run. It was very fast run, and, and he was probably entitled to knock up a bit, maybe not as much. You, if you wanted to back him for the Melbourne Cup, you just would have liked to see him stick on a little bit better, but it's definitely going to bring him on. And his Japanese form measures up. We saw a lightly raced Japanese galloper just give complete wind burn to everything in its sight in the Golden they're Eagle. They're better than us? Yes, they are. <laughs> yeah. They are, particularly on fast decks. Yeah, they're just better and they're just faster. And, and this guy's got a fourth in the Group 1 Tenno show, over 3,200 metres at Kyoto mm. back in April. He was beaten by a horse by the name of Justin Palace. That horse was subsequently third to world's best horse, Equinox, mm. in the... Takarazuka Kinnan, and then second to Equinox in the Tenno Show at Tokyo last week, and they ran 155.20 for 2,000 metres. Now, they clock them off a moving start, but that's like mile time yeah. in Australia. It's outrageous. So um, the form around him is good. This guy's last win was in last November. It was at Group 2 level over 2,500 metres. I think he'll be a big improver out of the Caulfield Cup. He's definitely got he's, – he's, he'll run top 10 in – in my honest, in my, in my humble. Yes. But uh, he's got top too. five claims. Did you have the Takarazuka, Kinnan and Tenno Show double? I think you had a futures double, didn't you, on that? Yeah, well, it's free money. <laughs> Sultan of Japan. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's head to uh, horse number five now, Voban, for Willie Mullins, Ryan Moore, just 
hops off the plane to ride and the market is just gravitating towards him. I haven't seen hype around a European like this for some time. And Willie Mullins is no stranger either to Flemington. Um, had holy orders, ran 17th. That was behind Maccabi Diva back in 03. And he had Max Dynamite as well. who finished half a length second in 2015 before returning two years later to take third. So um, he ranks favourite. Vauban, his words, as his best chance yet to win a cup. So when you're lining it up with a Max Dynamite, that's pretty powerful stuff. And I know it's it's easy to talk about retrospectively and yeah. results, but um, that's you've got to take that on what it is. And look, the track gallop, <laughs> I'm, I'm no track gallop expert, but it was a bit of a sick joke on oh, Tuesday. I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was an absolute gallop. He gave absurd an absurd amount of windburn. <laughs> poor absurd. Yeah. And he goes good. Old poor absurd. I know. Yeah. He won an e-ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. he looks. Yeah. Um, someone I pay a lot of attention to when I hear them speak is Mick Price. Mm. Just a fantastic judge. Very mm. honest. He was at track work. That morning, he was in awe of the horse. He couldn't believe the amount of work they keep up to him. Yeah. So he's just like a, a Mack truck of a stayer that just thrives off work. Like they gallop him over a mile, like every two days. Yeah. And they ask him to quicken his last 400 good. Um, he did 23.49 his last 400 in that track work. Yeah. Oh. he's. Fl- it looks like everything <laughs> yeah. is going to plan. They identified this race f- for him a while back. The jockey, Ryan Moore, well, he's just won a Breeders' Cup mm. overnight on Saturday night. Um one of the world's biggest races, gets on a plane to ride this guy. Yeah. Uh, he's only had one sit on Vauban. That was his seven and a half length, seven and a half length win where, where he beat Absurd by seven and a half lengths. Now, Absurd should have finished closer. He got to the line nicely that day, Absurd, and we'll discuss the merit of that performance more when we get to him. But it was a dominant victory on a fast track as well, mm-hmm. Vauban. So his lead-in's very good. Two back, he's won by seven and a half. And then last start, he... Beat Valiant King. He pulled away from Valiant King as well in the Bally Roan. That was at group three level over 2,400 metres. Valiant King actually wasn't too bad in a Caulfield Cup. He sat close to yeah. that speed. I thought it was a decent run yep. given the, the tempo and big gap back to third. But he was running away from Valiant King as well. He settles on speed. He's big. He's tough. He's drawn well. He's got a world-class jockey. There's not much to poke holes in here. I will poke hole at one thing yeah, and it, it might not come to fruition, yeah. but I'm very intrigued to see him in the yard. So he obviously did some, you know, heavy work, track work, had a solid gallop, but he was, he's cantankerous. He hit out, kicked out at the south. You've seen the bruise of the stable hand that he's given an absolute rib cage shuffle to. Like yeah, he no, looks, that... he's, he looks angry and I want I, I just have a feeling Hot day, Melbourne, 100,000. He could melt in the yard. Yeah, he could. The, I, that bruise is actually a fake story. Really? Yeah. I actually bowled to that guy in the nets. <laughs> <laughs> he faced up to me in the nets with a kookaburra. What does he have hemophilia? Because you bowl nah. pies. Mate, it was 145. <laughs> oh, I dropped nah. short to him and he tried to get it on the front foot. Yeah, but nah. Yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> Olivia Cold was at Flemington that day as well, racing.com's own. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay Olivia. Olivia yep. Own okay. European form expert. He yep. got very, um, I guess, flighty, worked mm. up. As well, and there were no crowds there mm. too. So I do remember Cross Counter. He sweated up more than Petro Sivanaseva at State of Origin <laughs> before he won the Melbourne Cup. Yeah. It was a complete and utter breakdown in the yard. <laughs> yeah. And and he won too. So 
you know, who knows, but it, you have to find some sort of negative for, for every runner. Otherwise everything's, you know, the thing's going to go around a dollar 40 and that's the negative for him. The, the warm weather, the big crowd right on top of him, but you know, he's, he's coming here right to plan. He's going to be rock hard fit given the work they've kept up to him. Um, very hard to beat. Yep. Uh, Horse number six we'll take a look at now is Solcom, who's a $10 chance in the market. Chris Waller, the magic man, Marrera aboard, 53 and a half kilos. Uh, was second in the Roy Higgins, tipped out, returned with a devastating turn of foot to win the heavily over 1,700 metres. He's had a good prep. He ran well in the Underwood, third in the Turnbull, but he's just got some habits, some barrier manners now where he's stepping slow and drawing four. If you're if you're bringing that to a Melbourne Cup, it's pretty hard to win. Yeah, and if he's slow from anywhere, it's hard to win. Mm. But you know, four, you're you're right back yeah. and buried. You know, he's, he's going to be on the fence. If you're wide, it somewhat offsets it a little bit, and you might get you some know, clean back if you go back. Or yeah. But yeah, you're, you're buried, sort of um, surprise baby style from that year as well. And you have look, let, he's you still haven't well. let go. Nah, surprise, salty. But <laughs> mate, he stomped up so impressively when he won the Melrose at York. Mm. prior to when he came to Australia, he got off the plane and he's winning the Queen Elizabeth. Well, everyone was like, well, this guy's going to just come here and win a Melbourne Cup next, the following spring. And look, he didn't come up in the autumn, but he's in good form now. Fourth fastest last 200 metres of the race in the Caulfield Cup. He, he ran the second fastest close of the Turnbull, the start prior to Gold Trip. But, you know, he hasn't beaten Gold Trip home. Mm-hmm. He's got a turnover margin on without a fight. As well, he gets a, a kilo off that runner from the Caulfield Cup. But, you know, they take the blinkers off. They're, they're trying to get him to settle a little bit closer. But I'm just struggling to see him overturn the margin on those horses. Mm. Um, look, if, if he can manage to get the start and, and get a, a more economical run, he can obviously run well. He's got top five claims. He's got a bit of X factor about it. Yeah, him, he does. Right? Yeah. He's like, he can win the race. Yeah. He can win yeah, the race. He, but yeah. I, I don't want to back him. Yep. Uh, that's a fair dart. Uh, let's head to horse seven now. Absurd. So the second here of the Willie Mullins runners, Zach Purton goes on 53 kilos. Uh, last start, Ebor uh, Bicta is and comes out here, ballot exempt because of that win. Um, look, he's... He gets the world-class Hooper Zach Purton on, um, looking to be better. He's looking to better his third-place performance and on Max Dynamite in 2017. So Zach's got a relationship with the stable. He's obviously ridden from Willie Mullins in the race before. He also rode fourth-place Finch in 2018, Zach, as well. So he's looking to go one better and, and add this to his illustrious collection. Yeah, and he, he's not without a hope here as mm. well. I know the stablemate Vauban has been giving him absurd amounts of windburn in track work. And, and he did put seven and a half lengths on absurd, did Vauban, when they clashed a couple back. But that day Vauban led mm. and just got rolling, whereas absurd was he was back in the ruck. He got a little bit keen. And, and then once he was out, he really did charge late. And then that put the riding on the wall for them to take him to the Ebor. And win the Ebor as well. And, you know, he beat some, another horse that, that goes around here in the Ebor as well in, in more Fallons too, and, and fair square as well. And, and we've seen that horse come and, and run okay, um, or, or quite well in a Geelong cup. So he's got the right form. Mm. Um, he likes dry tracks. What, 
what about prior to being beaten by Vauban seven and a half lengths? He's first up off 11 months and won a 4,000 metre novice hurdle. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. So it's just the, different gravy stays. there, isn't it? Yeah, Those, it is. It's just training. You just, just wouldn't see that in a hundred years yeah. in Australia. And he likes dry tracks as well. Um, look, the stable mates ahead of him mm. and we've seen at least in their work here that he's better than him. And mm. we've seen on race day that he's better than him. Mm. But he can place. Mm. Like it. Absurd. Uh, let's go to horse number eight now. Right you are, Kieran Ma, Dave Eustace. John Allen rides at 53 kilos. This is the second of the Ma Eustace runners that we've mentioned now. They got four in, they got four in the race. Mm. It's just an outrageous training effort to, to get these in and, and well-weighted to a couple down in the weights that we'll touch on later. This guy went on an absolute tear in the summer, didn't he? He was working through benchmark level, backing it up at Listed. Um, it was and Group 3 company. Yeah, it was yeah. a dead set tear. Um, 26 career starts, 10 wins, 8 minor placings, over 1 million prize money. You'd love to own him, but how does he stack up in a Melbourne Cup 53? He's the one for me that if you're looking for a roughie for, for top 10s or, you know, having a dollar on a top five or something, mm -hmm. this guy can shock and exceed what the market is saying he's going to do now. He's, he's $51 top sport. Yeah. Look, he's a query running at the distance. Mm. There's no doubt, but his run in the Caulfield cup was very, very good. He sat close to that really strong tempo. He got there really early. He, he hit the front at the top of the straight. So he was left a, a sitting shot and of all horses that settled in the top five in run, he beat the rest. Mm -hmm. So of all the on, he was the best of the on paces mm -hmm. in a race that was set up for the so swoopers. Set up for the back markers. Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's merit to that. Yep. Johnny Allen, we know that, you know, this isn't a derby. It's not a demolition <laughs> yeah. derby, yeah. but it's not, it's not explosive. He Jack, doesn't mind a staying yeah. race, <laughs> yeah. Johnny Allen and, and nor do the trainers mm -hmm. as well. So he can run well and, and he'll, he'll go forward as well. He's not going to be right forward, but he'll sort of be hoping to just settle in behind mm. that speed. And if that's, the case, you know, he, he can run top 10. Um, I got him in my top 10. I, I loved a lot of merit in that Caulfield Cup run. Mm. Well, speaking of top 10s, let's go to top one. This guy, number nine, Bound Declare, won the race in 2019, of course. Billy Egan goes on. Um, Danny O'Brien is eight years old now. He gets in at 53 kegs, though. It, it was an enormous effort last start, what this bloke did in the Mooney Valley Gold Cup. It was it was the run of the race, really, wasn't it? Like, yeah. I know Cleveland won, got the – half a kilo penalty. But if you're looking for one out of there, there's probably a couple, but Bound Declare is probably at the top of the list. Is it, is he going as good as ever? Yes. Yes, he is. And, and you mentioned the fact, you know, he's won this in the past he, and he won it with 52 and now he's back at, you know, four years later, he's only got an extra kilo I know. and he's more mm. seasoned of course. And you, you mentioned that Mooney Valley gold cup run. Mm. My initial thoughts when they crossed the line was that, that is a terrific Melbourne cup run. Mm -hmm. And then go back and watch the stewards vision. He did have three wide cover till say the mile marker. Mm -hmm. But after that, he was three wide was without cover. Yeah, he, was. he hit the front at the top of the straight. Mm -hmm. He had every um, excuse to just shirk it mm -hmm. and, and give up and, and fold back. But then through the line, he fights off future history mm. who had his back. It was a terrific run. And something that's also going a little bit underrated is the fact that he's got fast miles in his legs. So 
He's running the might and power. That was the race that Deny Knowledge led up at 115 lengths. 16.6 lengths faster than the group one average. The group one average, yeah. yeah. Vaughn declares last 200 metres in that race mm. was the fastest in the race. Now, mm. you say, yeah, the race set up for him, but he soaked up a fast tempo, finished strongly, sat wide in a Mooney Valley Gold Cup since where he's probably run 2,800 mm. of 2,500. He's hard fit. He, he ticks the 3,200-metre box. He gets a little bit of weight relief as well. There's a, there's a bit to like. There is. My, my not, he's 21 bucks, so you can't just put too many holes in him. But my, my one query with him is he's had 24 starts since the win in the yeah. Melbourne Cup and he's won one race. Yeah. Like that's flashing light territory. Yeah. Not, yeah, that's a, that is a good dart. Mm. And, and there has been races where you have thought, oh, he's back. Yeah. He's back. He lost his way for a bit yeah. as, as a lot of Melbourne Cup winners yeah. do. He lost his way for a bit, but he is back now. I, I like the way he's, he's trending and he's got genuine place hopes. Yep. Uh, horse number 10 now, we're going to take a look at Cleveland for Chris Lee's Mickey D rides, 52 kilos. Uh, J-Mac produced an absolute pearler on this guy to win the Mooney Valley Gold Cup last Friday night. Uh, stamped his ticket to the Melbourne Cup, did cop half a kilo penalty for it. Um, so does carry 52 here. Do you give Cleveland a chance? Look, he, he makes most worse off at the weights out of that Mooney Valley Gold Cup as well. What, um, you know, future history, a kilo and a half, only half a kilo found a Claire. Look, it was a good run. It was a run where he got the ride of the race and there were unlucky runners in behind. Interpretation was unlucky. We, we've mentioned the fact future history found a Claire covered ground. He did run good time too back when he was beaten by land legend in the St. Ledger up in Sydney. And he's a dry tracker. But if I'm taking a horse from the Mooney Valley Gold Cup into the Melbourne Cup, it's not going to be him. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's the price you're getting for him on Top Sports, $31 Cleveland. Uh, let's head to horse number 11 now, Ash Run. Another Kieran Ma debut just runner. Kieran McAvoy rides 51 and a half kilos for this eight-year-old. He was beaten 4.8 lengths in this race in 2020. So he secured his place after just missing in the Geelong Cup last start. Um, you saw Kieran Ma fist pumping in the yard when he found out that he just got in mm. on the order of entry. It's good to see. Um, Geelong Cup has been somewhat a strong form reference in terms of running well. So um, in previous years, you had the likes of a Emissary last year winning, then running second. Prince of Arran um, winning the Geelong Cup and finishing second in 2019. Only three eight-year-olds have won the Cup. Do you give Ash Run any chance? Not particularly, but I, I feel like that fist pump when he crossed the line in the Geelong Cup from Kieran might have been a lot of pride too because they've just got a great knack of getting horses that have had issues mm. back in town. Now, he's had to re retire since, but they got floating artists back and winning races after a, a long injury spell as well. And this guy, so he won the Hotham in 2020 prior to winning, um, running in that Melbourne Cup. And then he had a three-year spell. So now he's fourth up from that spell and he's improved in each run. Mm. So he's heading for the right direction, in, in the right direction. He would have been pumping his fist because they would have been tuning him up for Melbourne Cup Day. As well. So he'll improve again. He did run the fastest last six and 400 metres of the Bart Cummings, 2,500 metres at Flemington mm. as well. He got back and was entitled to be the one finishing off hard. It was the third fastest last 200 metres of the race in the Geelong Cup. But you mentioned the Geelong Cup as, as a form reference. You know, he, he has had the chance to run on there. He's crossed the line with 
are made and, and Sir Lucan, it's just not for me. Mm-hmm. Horse number 12, Deshaun Sweet Jr. Philip Stokes, Daniel Stackhouse. Um, this guy was a 2022 Adelaide Cup winner. And he ran well above market expectations last year. He was in last year's Melbourne Cup as well. SP'd 61 bucks, ran into sixth position. Last start was in the Herbert Power. And uh, he just grinded his way to the line like a genuine stayer to my eye in that race. He finished fourth. Um, Step step up in trip suits. Yeah. Um, But you're looking at some 81 bucks in the market. Well, the two ratings that he's run leading into this year's Melbourne Cup are... about one and a quarter lengths superior to last year. And we saw him outperform his market expectation last year. So the team would have him right where they want him. He he ran the third fastest close of the Herbert Power. It was a slow run race, Mm. but he did settle last. So he had the race shape against. He's a, a genuine stayer that will appreciate the fact this is going to be a genuinely run 32 Hundred meters. It wouldn't surprise to see him outperform his market expectation again, and and be thereabouts from sort of tenth to twelfth again. But he's not a winning hope. Mm. Let's head to horse thirteen, Akita Sushi for Joseph O'Brien. Dylan Gibbons gets the ride, fifty-one and a half kilos. Now Akita Sushi, this. Guy sounds like an absolute teriyaki chicken <laughs> avocado <laughs> roll, except he's actually from Ireland and trained by Joe Scott Ryan. It got Felgate. It got, got, got if it me. got Felgate, it, it got me as it well. It got me too. I I, I, I was going, nah, the Japanese horse in the Caulfield Cup will go all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, just because you got sushi in your name, it doesn't mean you've know, you got chopsticks. His ears from Ireland, we can confirm. Um, <laughs> they do eat sushi there though, in Ireland. That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. I base that on absolutely nothing, but I assume (laughs) someone can roll one up. How's Joseph O'Brien? He's won the race twice in the past 10 years and he's just turned 30. That's a, that's a sick joke. Yeah. Well, that is an absolute sick joke. I can't stand overachievers. Um, (laughs) He was, he was off the bit. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Akita Sushi. He was off the bit a long way from home first up in the Caulfield Cup. I'm sure he would take enormous improvement from that run. Uh, I, I think it's, He's going to have to do a lot to turn the tables, isn't he, on some of those key runners out of that race? Yeah, I'm penning him. He, he yeah. was weak late in the Caulfield Cup. His last win came he was over a week early. <laughs> he, went, he was <laughs> weak, weak early. everywhere. Yeah. Um, his last win came over 2,400 metres in the Duke of Edinburgh Stakes. That was in June, a Group 3 race at Ascot. But the runner up there was then 25 lengths last to absurd in the E-ball with nothing in the stewards. Now, 25 lengths tailed off is a horse just having a bad day yeah. as well, even if there's nothing in the stewards. But... His form coming in, not good enough. And his form from the Caulfield Cup run, not good enough. Horse number 14, Shiraz. Chris Waller, Bo Mertens. Uh, They say a good Shiraz salts gets better with age. Well, this bloke failed the vet's taste test on Thursday. (laughs) But he was past fit to run on Friday. So he became a little bit more palatable as as the week came on. He did. I think he had a few bubbles. Um, Yeah. Has had issues, uh, didn't run during the autumn. His four runs this prep have left a little bit to be desired. But good to see the informed Bo Mertens, who's ridden his first group one winner this spring in, in attrition in the Tourac, gets a shot on Tuesday. I haven't I, – I, sorry, I used to have a red wine hookup mm. where I'd get really good bottles of red wine that were, say, you know, Shiraz's that were sort of 10, 12 years old. Mm. And – it was just absolutely brilliant. I'd pop them in the decanter, but sometimes I'd go and open the Shiraz. Well, where are you getting them from? 
uh, my my dad's partner um, clean was friends with or? James Halliday, oh. the the famous wine critic. Oh. Yeah, so you know they were getting passed down the line. I'd, I'd Google them, and the, you know they'd, they'd be high quality stuff. But some of the older Shirazes, mm. you'd go to pop the cork, mm. and it'd crumble, mm. and it'd be off inside. And this guy's just off oh, no. inside. Oh, no. He's just gone off. He's, he's off cork, Jim. He, so he has so I'm, just wa- still, I'm, picking, I'm still picking Halliday's name up off the floor that you just dropped. Yeah, <laughs> I never met him, but we're talking 97, 98 rated bottles here, 10-year-old Shirazes that I'd pop in the decanter on a Tuesday night. It yeah. was just and you would, brilliant stuff. And it tastes the it'd same. smell the house out. It tastes the same to you as a goon bag. Nah, nah. I'm a connoisseur, mate. <laughs> and speaking of grapes, he hasn't won since France. 2021, where he won over 3,000 metres. But um, look, he's run okay in the Sydney Cup since on a wet track. He's was okay without threatening in the Mooney Valley Gold Cup. He's just not going well enough to measure up this year. Yep. And uh, if you do like a Shiraz, regardless of condition of the cork, 101 to 1 on top sport. Well, at a restaurant, that would be a bottle that was like $21 yeah. at Dan Murphy's and they'd mark that thing right up. <laughs> well, so you'd probably get, still take an unders for You can get a top up there too. That's corkage. Um, <laughs> horse 15, Lastochka. Mick, Mick Price, Michael Kent Jr., Craig Williams rides. This is the f- first of the mares that we're actually previewing here today, Salts. Um, six mares accepted last year, just the two in this edition. She's a very interesting runner. Mm-hmm. So the Price Kent team have, have combined with Oz Bloodstock, who are very good at bringing these stayers out. Um, no, they're not. Yeah, no, suck. <laughs> <laughs> I went on a limb on that one. They, it's been an interesting lead in. So they had to go from France to England for testing before flying out here. She's only been on our shores three weeks It's and they've paid a lot of money. It's a, it's a high risk, high reward sort of operation. Yeah. I don't love that as opposed to what we've seen with the Willie Mullins runners mm. where they're settled right in, you know, it's fresh off the plane, but she is a good man. She's a good man with a light, lightweight, with a good jockey, uh, an elite jockey mm. as well. Um, in Craig Williams, she was a last start winner. And that was only in, in early September and it was over 3,100 metres at group three level in France with 56 kilos that day as 51 on Tuesday. Her win prior to that was 2,800 metres. That was back in October of 2022. So she stays. Mm-hmm. Second and third out of her last start win were horses by the name of Fasol and Vert Liberty. Their recent form looks okay, but fourth place in that race was a horse by the name of Moon Wolf, and he was subsequently runner-up in a group one over 4,000 metres in France. And the winner of that race, Trushan, has subsequently crossed the line with Sweet William at group two level Mm. at Ascot over 3,100 metres. And that horse, Sweet William, was runner-up to Absurd in the Ebor. So you can can do this with a lot of international runners. You can make points to strengthen your argument. You can make points to be against it. It's a lot of inception in terms of their form. But there's some sort of connection with her form and the Ebor form that I feel measures up because that Ebor form ties into the favourite mm. with Vauban, the stable mate. So, look, she's got gate speed. She'll go forward. You know, Mick Price said, look, there's not much to it. You go forward. She's got a light weight. She, she can run well. Yeah, that was some real inception stuff. I was, need to go deeper into that European form frankage all the way through. Hey, I've it's been a wormhole. Look, it is a wormhole. I've been looking at Michael Kent Jr.'s um, socials about, and I think he's pitched a ten at Werribee. I think he's been sleeping. Hold on a second. I think he's been staying down. Oh, there. do you mean a t- as into sleeping? <laughs> yeah. 
I just thought that he really likes horses. <laughs> he really likes his five-year-old man. I pitched a tent at Mooney Valley last Saturday when Romantic Warrior won. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. What's uh, he just been sleeping there? I think he or has. Just petting her I, and stuff. I think he's like, yeah. yeah okay. I, I, really I, invested. Yeah, in more ways than one, no Do you reckon doubt. Mick Price has actually just said, sent him there? Yeah, I reckon. It's like. <laughs> You go look after this. He's <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. he's outfit him. Um, <laughs> and I should mention last Sochka as well, 26 to one chance yep. on top sport. Uh, number 16, Magical Lagoon. Chris Waller, Mark Duplessis gets the ride, 51 kilos. Uh, the second of the mares in the race. Um, 2022 Group 1 Irish Oaks winner, over 2,400 metres. Has been well held since hitting our shores at... Group three and group two level. Last start led them up in a slowly run Geelong Cup and was one length away in six in what was a fantastic finish. Yeah. She ran some big numbers in Europe prior to, prior to coming over here. Last win was in July of 2022. It was the group one Judmont Irish Oaks. You know, so that's a, a Phillies race over 2,400 metres. So obviously restricted to three-year-olds and her same sex. So it's a lot harder to be in another country, take on the boys too. But the the wind rated highly. The issue with her is her two runs in Sydney were plain. Good enough for a stayer, but not not exactly flashing lights. And then, look, they, they didn't want to lead in the Geelong Cup. So, like, she'll be thereabouts in terms of the speed map again. But highly, de- she won't be leading Serpentine. They'll, they'll try and just get some cover off the pace. But she did lead at a slow tempo in that Geelong Cup and then just couldn't sprint and in a bunch finish, she was sort of the one going backwards as the others were finishing over the top. So I don't want to take her running the Geelong Cup as a run to follow into the Melbourne Cup. She's 101 to one. I'll tell you what wasn't on my um, two units, one cup bingo card was Mark Duplessis having a cup ride. Yeah. And that's no, that's not a knock. It's just an interesting Does job. A bit of it's ride, just, riding for Chris in Queensland. Yeah, it's yeah. just an interesting. Like, um, they're not easy to come by lightweight runners. Like 51 yeah. kilos is it's absolutely nothing. It's that's a nine it, week it, fast for me. <laughs> yeah, of like like being on your deathbed. Fast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a genuine fast. Yeah. yeah. So not, not easy to find lightweight riders yeah. ready to go as well. Um number seventeen, military mission. Gay Waterhouse, Adrian Bott. Well, aren't they just taking the P one double five with some fit mm. front running horses at the moment? Rachel King, you speak of lightweight jockeys, fifty one kilos. Um, Newcastle Cup winner, ran well in the Metrop before heading to Caulfield to win the Herbert Power last start. Drawn barrier five, which has the most wins in the race with eight. Oh, bloody hell. Well there you go. it's a horse that I feel is named after you. We we do a lot of you sort of after dark discussions and you say you're just a real sort of military sort of missionary type operator <laughs> as well. Sort of no, no frills attached. And this guy's no frills either. Hey, he's won a 1400 meter trial at sale between runs. How many Melbourne cup runners do you see go to sale and trial between runs? Not many. Do you have, if any, I think you, you had the 1400 meter um, sale trial Melbourne cup double, didn't you as well? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. And he won that, that trial. Was he that? won the trial. So I've got on one leg down. I think that was 701 to one on top sport. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I bargained him to 801. So I got overs. <laughs> I got, I'm going to lay against the it. top up token. Yeah. It's good. So yeah. I can better I, with, with that in play, I can just sort of bet around him. <laughs> yeah. He's already off, a result. Laying off. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he was strong late with 52 and a half kegs in a fast run group one Metrop. After settling rearward, he's been settling sort of off midfield lately, mm. whereas 
in his early Australian days, he's sort of going forward um, and soaking up tempos. So he's added another string to his bell, um, to his bow, sorry, as well recently. But look, I just don't think his recent form measures up. It, it was, again, back in the Herbert Power, he ran the fastest close of the race, but the, it was a slow race. That Herbert Power, seven and a half lengths outside the class average. So he's ran on against the pattern or against the race shape. So there's merit to the performance. But, you know, you've got better horses coming through faster lead-in races that are more likely to run out the distance. So I can't have him. Um, speaking of fast horses and key speed influences, let's head to horse number 18, which is Serpentine. Again, another of these Waterhouse bot runners. Jai McNeil takes the ride, barrier one. Um, he led the race up last year and he he knocked up badly. Uh, finished 99 lengths, um, 20th. If that's the actual race book, <laughs> usually when we say 99 lengths, we're just it's putting May on. We're just, finished, we're just yeah. putting May on things, but he's run 99 lengths. Well, the race lengths. book just doesn't go to three figures. Yeah, <laughs> clearly it doesn't. Um, Jai McNeil, uh, can he win a Melbourne Cup in front of more than 10 people, 10 staff members of the VRC? <laughs> it would be a blowout. It'd be a <laughs> yeah. blowout. Now, this guy was actually quite good in a fast race too back, but he was beaten by mostly cloudy and mostly cloudy in the Hotham. Um, he had the tempo against him, but he was absolutely fed to the bin by Carla Paul. So not sure that measures up. He was beaten six lengths by without a fight in the Q22 last preparation. Yes, he, he did go a bit too hard early. He, I thought his Bart Cummings run had, had a little bit of merit. He was weak late in the Bart Cummings, but he was only beaten 1.3 lengths by future history and gets three kilos of future history. So weights and measurements out of that run. He could run okay, did SP $31 in last year's cup and there was always a boom on on him as being was, a, a, a stayer of the future because he stomped in the 2020 Epsom Derby mm. by five and a half lengths. But he just hasn't been able to recapture that and if he won on the weekend, there there would be about as much noise as the last time John McNeil won the Melbourne Cup <laughs> on the racetrack because I think it would only be Gay and Adrian celebrating and perhaps the strapper. <laughs> <laughs> big, big raps for the Serp. <laughs> uh, horse number 19, Virtuous Circle. Liam Howley trains. Craig Newitt gets the ride at 51 kilos, a four-year-old entire. He's the youngest horse in the field. Uh, huge raps on this guy as a three-year-old. Just hasn't really fulfilled his potential. Um, second in the ATC Derby back in the autumn. Touch disappointing last start, Geelong Cup. Yeah, he was. He was really disappointing. Now, he went around $5.00 in that Geelong Cup because in the Bart Cummings, he had no luck. So off the strength of that and, and having no luck and thinking, hey, this guy's actually going quite well, he, he was met with some market support. He got a beautiful ride from Damien Lane in that Geelong Cup and mm. he was really weak late, over 2,400 metres. Look, three back, he did his best work late, over 2,000 metres at Caulfield at Group 3 level. So prior to his last start fail, he was actually building and going okay, but given the fact he's chucked in a reverse in a Geelong Cup over 2,400 metres, he gets back. It's it's hard to see him being competitive in this Melbourne Cup. Let's head to number 20, more felons for Chris Waller. Jamie Carr rides 50 kilos. Good to see Jamie back in the winner's stall and having a good day on mm. Derby Day to kick off her spring carnival. Feel like she needed it, bit of momentum heading in. And I think she can certainly feature here on, on more felons. So he ran in the e-ball before coming out and switching to the Waller stable, hit the ground, running in the Geelong Cup, um, it'll say five from 13th, thir fifth from 13 in the form guide, but 
to my eye, Saltsy, just looked the run of the race covering ground um, and being a part of that big blanket finish and drops five kilos off that run. Yeah, he, he had a nice run in transit in terms of he was covered up the whole way, but on the corner, the winner made cut the corner, held up, weaved through, um, was able to finish well enough, whereas you mentioned he had to course right wide. And when he coursed wide, he probably lost a length and a half on the winner. So if you swapped runs, he probably wins the mm. Geelong Cup. He did close off okay. I thought he had the cover and, and was entitled to close off in, in clear running, but as I mentioned the winner cut the corner and saved that ground. And that was actually the difference. His was the second fastest close of the Geelong Cup. His European form is really good, mm. really good. So he was runner up at York three back in the group three silver cup stakes. The horse that beat him that day is a horse by the name of Hamish. Great now he is one of time forms, top 10 rated horses in Europe. This is a serious racehorse. McLaughlin, he's, he's won two group three since <laughs> yeah. that day that they clashed in the Silver Cup stakes. Hamish has won six of his last eight. The runner-up in two misses. One of them was in the group one Irish St. Ledger to a serious horse for Aidan O'Brien called Kiprios. Mm. And th th so this is this is as good a European form as any other horse is actually bringing over. It's really good form. And look, he was beaten th just over three lengths eighth behind absurd in the airport and didn't have excuses. So that's perhaps why, um, getting a price. Yeah. You, you, you are getting a price and 34s on. Yeah. Top and a couple back, he was hammered, completely yep. hammered by Vauban and, and absurd in the, in the copper horse, the race that Vauban won by seven and a half. Mm. He was beaten near on 13, but his other form does tie in with some really good horses in Europe. And you mentioned his Geelong cup run was full of merit. I, I don't have him, as a play soap. Uh, Barrier I, 24. Yeah. I guess he has to go back mm. as well. I, I got him in my top 10. Mm -hmm. I think he runs well. Number 21, future history. Kieran Ma Davusis, an absolute broken record. Holly Doyle <laughs> on board, 50 kilos. Um, look, ballot exempt after his all the way win in the group three, Bart Cummings. Uh, a change of tactic last start in the Mooney Valley Gold Cup gen generally leads them up. Saw him get back running well. Uh, Holly Doyle, the partner of Tommy Marquand, gets her first ride in the race. Great to see these European jockeys come out. I love it. Yeah, isn't it? And that change of tactics you mentioned, like you were filthy on it. People were like, oh, and, yeah. and it was just a classic, you know, we're going back. He's got the Melbourne Cup to look forward to. Ended up being a race we're going back. Wasn't bad. Yeah, no. Whoever's doing the form and Kiramara and Dave Eustis. Give him a raise. They knows Give what, him a raise. They knows what there's doing. Yeah. Um, he covered ground in that Mooney Valley Gold Cup. So, you know, just like an athletics track, if you draw on barrier one and you stick to the fence, you, if you're running um, a lap, 400 metres, you're going to run less distance than if you're out in lane three and four, of course. You're going to run exactly 400 metres yeah, on the you, inside. You, you're covering more ground. <laughs> yeah. He did have a back to follow though. So that's why out of the Mooney Valley Gold Cup, I know he meets Van de Clare better off at the weights, mm. but I feel like he was entitled to beat Van de Clare in the Mooney Valley Gold Cup. And if I'm taking that as a form reference, Van de Clare is the one I want to take home. But it was a tough win in the Bart Cummings. Mm. You know, he didn't walk them from the front. Um, he, look, he's got a light weight. It's easy to see why people do like him mm. with that lightweight and a good, a good lead-in platform in the right stable world-class jockey. And upside. I think it is still, oh, he still does have upside. upside. And, yeah. you know, where you get to see him beyond 2,500 metres, he mm. might just excel mm -hmm. as well. Easy to see. Well, I'm not making a case for him because if I, 
I'm just want to take one runner out of that Mooney Valley Gold Cup, and it's not him. But I can see why people might perhaps like him because he, as you mentioned, he does have upside, and he's had that sort of prep through the winter as well, where where he's very fit. Mm. Um, horse twenty two interpretation. Um, CMR, D. Eustace. Oh, T.O. Nugent in the saddle, 50 kilos for this six-year-old. Um, T.O. Nugent's had some some success in this yeah, race. So he's floating artist fourth in, in 2021, high emotion third in, in last year's race. So this uh, this runner comes through the Bendigo Cup, um, and it's just another one of these. This camp just sets them so well to finding their way yeah. in the field, don't they? And high emotion that he rode came through the Bendigo Cup as well mm. last year, and people weren't thinking that was going. That was a small field mm. Bendigo Cup That's as well. Right, beat yeah. the um, Julius Sandu stayer, who was just sort of sort of a benchmark stayer, and then this high emotion comes out and runs third in the Melbourne Cup. So it can be the right form reference. Um, but geez, he got a nice ride in the Bendigo Cup. He, he had a bit of. It was his first win in eight hundred odd days. Looked like he had a bit of a think about it, and. You know, he's only just um, fought off late the um, the runner for Trent Bussett and Natalie Young, Braden Starr. Mm. Like, that's not the right form for a Melbourne Cup because Braden Starr would, would have, was the query, was running out 2,400 metres in the Bendigo Cup. He was fourth in the, in the 2021 Group 1 St. Ledger before coming to Australia, interpretation, but he hasn't quite met that expectation mm. that they had on him prior to coming here at, He's not for me, um, interpretation on the weekend, oh, on Tuesday, sorry. Uh, 23, horse number 23, Calipore, Chris Lees, Zach Lloyd gets the ride, 50 kilos, uh, won yesterday, the Archer winner, um, on the three-day backup. It was an ollie point-and-shoot job yesterday, wasn't it? it yeah, was just it a was. nice dictating ride and tough to make ground off that sort of tempo. Yeah, and it was a terrific ride because yeah. he just summed up the race and he said, well... There's no speed in this. I'm just going to lead and dominate. Now, that's not the right form for this. But, you know, if Cleveland's won the Mooney Valley Gold Cup and you're making a case for courses coming out, out of the Mooney Valley Gold Cup, well, in, in the Randwick St. Ledger over 2,600 metres in, in mid-October, Carla Paul's beaten 0.4 of a length by Cleveland and gets four kilos off Cleveland from that day. So in relation to that runner, he's actually really well weighted, but I just thought he just had the favours. He was beaten three and a half to military mission in a Newcastle Cup three back. Um, look, he was third with a lightweight in the Metro, Metrop, which was fast run, but he just had the picnic on the weekend. Look, the fitness in the backup might help him, but he can't win. He can't uh, place. Yeah. He can't run it's, top 10. Uh, it's the, I don't know what they do with the Archer. It's no good. Just nah. in general. Last year, Surefire won it. Yeah, it's no good. Nah. No, nah, I'm off nah. it. Yeah. It's good it's call. Pack your nags. I'm off it too. Yeah. I'd have bet in that. Yeah. Was, we should have just skipped that. <laughs> uh, 24, <laughs> our last runner on the card is True Marvel for Maddie Smith. Ben Thompson gets the ride. Looking dad, he's, he's got some group one success down here with Uncommon James and the Oakley Plate. Um, look, great to see Maddie Smith have a cup runner, but True Marvel's last win came in a maiden hurdle over 3,200 metres at Hamilton in May. Uh, with an SP of dollar twenty six, then last start SP one hundred and one dollars in the Mooney Valley Gold Cup. It's it, he's just been up forever. I mean, the thirty two hundred is a tick, but he's a big price. I worked that day at Hamilton. It was on Tuesday. It was my best bet. <laughs> yeah. Got there by a nose. <laughs> nice. I feel Max like units. what's yeah, Max yeah, units. Yeah. I feel like what's happened was Willie Mullins has 
has seen, oh, well, they've got this true Marvel going as a hurdler and then he's running well in flat races. <laughs> Maybe I might do that with Vauban. So Matty Smith set the template set, for Willie Mullins. He did. he did. He set the template. So Willie Mullins is a poor man's Matty Smith. That's what <laughs> yeah. you're saying. Hey, you said it, yeah, not yeah, me. 100%, man. He I'm was runner-up at 151 buckaroonies mm. in the Sydney Cup of last year behind Explosive Jack, and that was settling on speed. He went back in the Mooney Valley Gold Cup, but he did settle on a strong tempo a couple back in the St. Ledger where Cleveland was runner-up, but he faded badly. It's very hard to see him doing a Sydney Cup and shocking the market again, and um, yeah, he's making up the numbers. Well... We've made up the numbers, mate, because that is the 24. It flown. It's 24, right? All time I enjoy genuinely flies when you're having somewhat of a good time. And <laughs> I, mate, there's nothing better than sitting around with your mate talking about the Melbourne Cup, let's be fair. So true. Um, let's just have a quick look at the market again. I know we've mentioned the prices throughout, and then we'll get into our $100 betting plays. So um, obviously, gold trip, 550 without a fight, 650 down to... Breakup, um, this is in number order at nineteen dollars. Vauban, the favourite, three fifty. You reckon? What do you what are your thoughts on the starting price of Vauban? I think you're probably firm. Mm-hmm. Again, might be about three bucks. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, Solcom out to double figures at ten dollars. Absurd, nineteen dollars. Uh, Vow and Declare, who given some chance in this discussion, $21. Uh, then we get down to the likes of, if we go down to the lightweights here, the likes of uh, more felons at $34, future history, $21. And they're the market chances, Salty. Um, $100 betting play time, mate. This is, it's all about tactics and how you're going to go at this year. And wouldn't mind a return, to be honest, in 2023. Um, hello, listeners. <laughs> Yeah, well, if people are just jumping on now, we've found the winner every year. Every year. Thanks for joining us. We've... I said very elegant was the best Melbourne Cup bet of all time. Yeah, you did. I'm pretty sure you did. <laughs> yeah. And I said Gold Trip was... Can you was... just delete that episode off Spotify? <laughs> yeah. So people can't fact check. And I said because Gold Trip couldn't run out the Caulfield Cup distance that he'd definitely win the Cup. <laughs> I think that was my comment yeah, last year. Call. I think Yeah, he's set. He peaked at 24, so he's set for 32. Um, look, the way I'm playing at Salts is I'm going to... My, my main bet, I'm having $30 each way on number 21 future history. little one by one. It's a one by one, that is. A, a genuine, yep. just a really nice traditional setup for future history um, for this race. Has run six times from June this year, from 1,600 metres through to 2,500 metres in the Mooney Valley Gold Cup. We spoke about that change of tactic in the race. And it was a real eye catch. I had Bowen declares back, gets better at the weights. Jeez, I thought it was a good dress rehearsal for a cup and you know they get this camp get them in at lightweights and they run well they'll be timed to the minute and i just think a really nice each way value play future history and then the other i'm taking i'm really going the lightweight approach here i'm having 15 dollars each way on number 20 more felons uh run of the race for mine in the geelong cup uh First run on Oz soil, fastest last four and 200 meters of the race drops four and a half kilos off that run um Enormous price, I think, with second up in Australia. I like seeing one run here. Yeah. I like just getting a yeah, bit of exposed it, form. So, yeah. like, I'm, you bet, like, that's okay. what's been good. That what, what, that's what was good about betting into the Caulfield Cup this year. Yes. As well, I know yes. there was a couple off the plane, but they weren't in the market. Yeah, but like, even still, I couldn't have entertained break up in the Caulfield Cup nah. or Valiant King. Like, I haven't seen them. But now, when you get one Aussie run under your belt, you can have somewhat a bit more confidence on exposed Aussie form. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
yeah, more felons, fifteen dollars each way, and then I'm gonna have a, just a ten dollar box try because I can, mm. uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna box up number three without a fight, number four break up, number five Vauban, number twenty more felons, and number twenty one future history. Look, uh, well, good luck to you. Thanks, mate. I like that. Yeah, I like that. I'm, the box I'm, try. I'm betting on Vauban melting in the yard and being an idiot. Yeah, well, I I feel like with him, he's what you see is what you get. Um, and I speak of Vauban, the favourite. Um, you know, we've seen his work, we've seen his last two victories. So he's coming in, in here with two really good victories over horses whose form you can tie into other European runners. So, and Willie Mullen saying the best chance he's ever brought over and, he, and he's had a second and a third. So, mm. and he's just a Mack truck. Like they just keep the work up to him. He's going to be so fit. Uh, he's drawn well, world-class jockey. Um, I have to make him a result in my book. And mm-hmm. at a $100 betting play, you can have $60 on him and, and come home with more money than what you started with. So I'll be having $60 on Vauban. Um, for a similar return, I'll have $30 on without a fight. He's got to meet those one kilo worse off from his Caulfield Cup run, but off spaced runs in an incredibly fast run race, mm. he's the strongest late. Should be a genuinely run race on the weekend. He'll just blend in off midfield. He'll be counting to 10, just like last year on Gold Trip. Mark Zara was so, so, so patient before pushing the button. He'll be doing the same thing this year. And a fast deck helps this guy. He's flying without a fight. And $10 vow on Declare. I thought his run in the Mooney Valley Gold Cup was the run of the race. Mm. He was wide. He kept fighting through the line. The way he sort of stuck his neck out through the line and came again was very reminiscent of his Caulfield cup run prior to when he won the Melbourne cup. Mm. So I think he's going as good as ever. Be a great story. Yeah. And, and hopefully he can do it for Australia and they're on top of the world. Yeah. So $60 Vauban, $30 without a fight, $10 Vow and Declare. I haven't included the box try there because I got my top 10 yeah, we'll in order. That top 10 up on screen. Yeah. yeah. So Vauban without a fight, Vow Declare. Gold Trip, the only thing that might stop him is the weight because I feel he's absolutely airborne. Absurd, well, he was beaten seven and a half by Vauban, but had excuses, won the Ebor, more felons, good European form, good run in the Geelong Cup. Solcom, he's the X Factor. Breakup takes a lot of improvement from the Caulfield Cup run. Lastochka, unknown mare, but mm. some some good some good group one form through her last run in France. And right you are just as the blowout for the top 10. Couldn't find a, a spot for future history in the say, stable, mate. But couldn't find, my yeah. topper, couldn't find my own topper in your top 10. Look, I can't. I think he can run top 10 <laughs> yeah. as well. You can't fit them all in. And I just for some exotics for those players as well. I thought, right, you are just at the big price. Wanted to inject some venom into that top 10 as well. He's sort of the the one that can exceed market expectations as well. But uh, look, it's a race where quite often it's anyone's guess and, and hopefully somehow some of the information we've given you can help you understand the race a bit more, help you wager with a bit more information and and most of all, just have some fun on the day because that's what it's all about. That's what this race is all about. Yeah, exactly. Because we'll have a thousand formalists sit around and talk about the hardest race to pick a winner traditionally yeah, in, in yeah. Australia. Like, yeah. We should we should do this for a Morfitville maiden one day, just sit around <laughs> and just do a runner by runner yeah. at Balaclava or something. It's, uh, <laughs> it's so good. Hey, mate, I've loved discussing this year's edition with you. I can't wait for the race. It's going to be a cracker. Um, I'm wrapped that you couldn't find me on topper in your top 10. So that's good. That's great. Gives me some real confidence here. That premier form analyst at two units, uh, listeners. Well, at the moment it's equal. We're, we're, we're absolute equals. 
You're almost, you're absolutely airborne at the moment, mate. Apart from yesterday when everyone I think I had, don't speak of yesterday. I feel like I haven't had a winner. He can since run top ten, mate. I've got no knock on him, but just had to find some After yesterday, I feel like I haven't had a winner since Vow and Declare in twenty nineteen. <laughs> it was a, it was a real character testing day yep. yesterday. Um but mate, um all the best. Listeners, viewers, uh, all the best on Cup Day. Um, as always, gamble responsibly. And yeah, we'll be back in your ears for our regular show on Thursday to preview Champion Stakes Day. Have a good one.